Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. One of the things that epitomizes laziness among those who operate within the K-12 education system in America, and I mentioned this again in a, in a previous episode, but it has to do with anybody who, who grabs onto something from a completely different subject, and then they toss it into the very thing for which they're talking about in the present. So the two things don't connect. But they work very, very hard to rationalize the connection between these two things, and then they use that as an excuse to either perpetuate something that already exists or not improve something that could easily be fixed. In this particular case, you have a school board member who goes on a long tirade about how white privilege is responsible for student suicide and encouraging schools to reopen, in particular in Washington State, for 100% in-person learning is an example of white privilege. These people, again, they don't even hear themselves talk. They are so brainwashed that they are now taking phrases that don't exist about things that aren't real in one area, which is, we'll say, politics for, for this particular example, and then they're throwing it into K-12 education, where it's also not real. So I'm having a very hard time creating an example to to sort of compare this to, because this is this is a very unique idiocy that is showing itself now on a constant basis among many people. And again, this is public information here. This comes from big league politics. I'm going to play this audio clip. The article is titled, Teachers Union President Claims It's White Privilege to Worry About Children Committing Suicide During School Closures. Again, I mean, I I, uh, I can't even make this up. I can't even. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even write something like that because such a such a lunatic approach wouldn't even enter my mind. The vast majority of this school board is female. The vast majority is white, and you have what I assume is a white male going off on white privilege and a number of other things. So give this a listen. I'll come back on the back end of it and do whatever I can to kind of break down this lunacy. Thank you. Scott Wilson is president of the Pasco Association of Educators. There are decisions to be made. You stand on the lawn of the U.S. Capitol as people break down barriers and head to the doors. Do you follow? You stand at the governor's mansion. The crowd breaks down barriers to enter the grounds. Do you follow? Or do you choose a different way? We must not ignore the culture of white supremacy and white privilege. We have seen it in the free to breathe, reopen everything, rodeos and rallies that received county commissioner support. The same commissioner directs our health district. No one wants remote learning. No one wants remote learning, but it is the right thing to do. We know the equity concerns. Virus transmission is high, headed higher. With so many ignoring and avoiding measures to stop the spread, Remote learning is the right decision. You've moved forward as the health district removes the barricades for you. You could choose a different way. You could move to pause in-person learning. 
You could ask for a new path that benefits all, not some. You could have the discussion and vote. You could choose a different way. Students are not coming to school. They live in multi-generational homes and have lost family members. We speak of equity. We speak of care of all students. And yet we listen and attend to voices saying, reopen everything. I'm free to breathe, supporting white privilege. My family had to leave the Tri-Cities in 66. As minister of the First Presbyterian Church of Kennewick, Dad had the audacity to say Jesus Christ would not support a sign telling blacks, stay out of Kennewick after dark. He traveled registering black voters in the South and white supremacists here were outraged. He made the right decision. You receive the same emails as I, calling teachers lazy or comparing teachers to store clerks. They complain their children are suicidal without school or sports. As a father daily surviving the suicide of my son, I find these statements ignorant and another expression of white privilege. Huge daily death, death tolls from this pandemic, seditious attacks at our capital, plus a new, more transmittable strain of the virus while our case numbers are rising again. You have the authority to hit pause. Allow time to find a way forward through the end of the year. You could choose a different way. Thank you, members of the board and Superintendent Whitney. I almost feel bad for this person because they're that lost. Of course, right from the start, he makes it political and something about the Capitol on January 6th. It, it goes back to my very first point. He's grabbing at something that has nothing to do for which, the, for, for which he's actually talking about in the present. It, it, there's absolutely no connection from one thing to the next, but he uses this made-up phrase of white privilege as the bridge between those two particular subjects and then injects white privilege into something related to the Capitol building, I guess, and then something into um, forcing students back into school and teachers doing their jobs as being white privilege also, and then not taking student suicide seriously as also being white privilege. Uh, he might as well be using the word hamburgers, as I've jokingly stated in the past. He might as well say, well, it's all about hamburgers. And hamburgers are clearly the problem, and it's all of these hamburgers that are the problem. It makes as much sense as saying a made-up phrase like white privilege. Um, I'm so disappointed in the traction that that particular phrase has, has received, and I'm even more disappointed in the individuals that fail to push back on the idiocy of that saying, because that saying holds no weight whatsoever. Just like when someone says colonialism, it holds no weight. These made-up Marxist phrases hold absolutely no weight under their power, in particular when you push back and you ask somebody to define what that is. You see, the one thing that they that they hate, and I'm talking about the people that use these phrases and, and actually believe that they exist, when we all know that 15, 20 years ago they were never even used. No one ever used these words, and that these words are created by horrible people in boardrooms who are interested in controlling the masses with their puppet strings. That's exactly why these phrases are injected into the vernacular of a society, but the, uh, but the most ignorant are the ones who grab onto these phrases and use them on any level of consistency. Um, that's, that's really the larger problem. But 
he also states that no one wants remote learning. Well, that's not true. You need to be very careful about using the word no one because that's like saying everybody. Everybody doesn't want remote learning. That's not true. There's nothing true about that statement. And then he talks about equity and brings that word up again and how equity, we need to be equitable and you're not being equitable about returning to school. As it turns out, many schools that have that went from being fully remote and are now fully back, for some reason, they decided to sort of reintegrate their schools by bringing in special education students and minority students first. Well, I hate to break it to people who have failed ninth grade biology, but if a virus really existed, it doesn't select people based on their levels of skin color or intellect. That's not how viruses operate. So if the virus is even real, what are they claiming? They're claiming that it would that uh, that higher achieving students wouldn't get sick the same way that a lower achieving student would. It just it makes absolutely no sense. You're either in school doing your job or you're not. It's it's really that simple. You're either learning in a virtual environment or you're not. It's not that one environment works and another doesn't. They both work, but that all depends on the mind of the individual doing the teaching and how sound that mind is. If that mind is not well, as as this apparent uh, principal or you know uh, president of this school board is clearly not well, then what does that say about everybody else? What does that say about the countless individuals who agree with that person? And then those individuals are actually classroom teachers. It's just, it's every word out of his mouth is indicative of such a larger problem that it's hard to know exactly where to start and where to end. So this has absolutely nothing to do with a made-up phrase of white privilege. I'm going to continue here because this Big League Politics article, article is an interesting one. And it says at the bottom, Big League Politics has reported on teachers claiming that it's racist to want to open schools. Again, the stupidity with all of this is just is astounding. Uh, the first point says, North Carolina teacher Justin Paraminter, who serves on the board of directors for the North Carolina Association of Education, is saying that any parent who wants their child to return to school is guilty of white privilege, quote-unquote. It says, quote, white folks threatening to pull their kids out of public school if those schools don't open their doors during a pandemic that is disproportionately impacting communities of color equals weaponized white privilege, unquote. He wrote in a Twitter post on December 19th. He also wrote this apparently, quote, using disproportionate wealth and power to try to impact policy in this manner is the definition of white privilege. He's an elementary school teacher who reveals in indoctrinating his students to his political agenda. Quote, why do some people claim that teachers should not be political? In what ways is that stance political? How do you respond when people tell you that teaching should not be political? Unquote. 
He believes in indoctrinating children to the political benefit to the political beliefs so strongly that he even hosted a workshop encouraging other teachers to do so shortly before the election. Unless the people come together and reject this insanity pushed by soulless leftists, the pandemic will mean a permanent shuttering of American life. Ugh. It just is exhausting. It's exhausting. And again, this is the definition of brainwashing. It's 100% brainwashing. It begins throughout one's youth now because these, in, these individuals who believe this nonsense and push this nonsense have infiltrated every level of education right down to elementary school. So they learn this in elementary school. If their parents don't know what's going on in the classroom and going on in that school, then they're just going to leave them there. If an uninvolved parent doesn't understand what their child is being subjected to, or worse, I suppose, agrees with such points of view, then that individual is going to grow up in, in two separate environments, the school environment and the home environment, believing such radical lunacy. And it's brainwashing because it's just not real. That's like teaching kids that Smurfs are real things. That there is such a thing as, as blue, blue things with white shoes, white hats, and red underpants that run around these mushroom villages all being chased by a guy named Gargamel. If you grow up believing that that's real and you carry that into adulthood and into every profession that you have and then spread that to your employees or those that you're responsible for mentoring or tutoring, there is something seriously wrong with you. There just is. And this is wrong. This is just completely immoral. There is nothing morally sound about anything that's happening right now. There's nothing morally sound about the approach the school board member took. And it's gotten to the point again where white privilege or hamburgers are now the problem with everything. Your pants don't fit, it's white privilege. Can't find the right shoes that you want, white privilege. Don't have enough money in the bank, white privilege. White privilege, white privilege, white privilege. It's, it's so repetitive, it's dumb. But again, they don't hear themselves. Because apparently somewhere along the line, a brain transplant has occurred. And uh, they've been the victim of Hannibal Lecter. I, I, I really don't know, what's, I don't know what else has happened here. But this is insane. And sh again, shame on, and I, I really do mean this, shame on the people who sat in this board meeting and just let this person say this. I mean, it's a Zoom call. They could have just written, shut up, on a piece of white paper, which would have been racist, so watch out, and then hold it up in front of the screen and just tell the person to shut up. Or, or more professionally, I suppose, write on a piece of paper, stop talking. Just write the word, stop talking. Or push back and say what that person said is absolutely insane. And, it's, and it has absolutely no basis in fact. But they don't do that. It's one, well, thank you, for, thank you for your opinion, and thank you for talking. Okay, on to the next person. And then they just move on to the next human being who just acts as if what that person said actually makes sense and is actually grounded in fact and reality. It's not. This is the problem 
with individuals that run on sheer emotion. Emotions are not rooted in facts, by and large. They're just not. And this person, again, this board member, was overly emotional, and there was nothing that they were saying that was rooted in fact. But people have got to find their spines and push back against this kind of lunacy, because if they don't, they'll be overtaken by it, and they'll just be pushed around. I mean, how often does a person just want to be pushed around? Apparently, among these individuals, it's not that big of a problem, but it should be a problem, and it should bother them because ultimately it will take a massive toll on their own psyche if they don't just push back and say, okay, what you just said about white privilege is a lie, and you believe lies, and shame on you, and I'm offended about what you said, and you should never say that again, but they don't. They just take it, and that continues to be the problem, and at the risk of sounding simple regarding this word usage and this Marxist lingo and and the tones of voice with which these individuals are saying these things, like white privilege and screaming, well, you think that because you're white. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that's the definition of bullying. 100%. No wonder that these workplace environments are as hostile as they are. No wonder that they're as unhealthy as they are. You have bullying taking place with this kind of brainwashing vernacular that's being thrown around at people, large groups of people. And again, the individuals saying it aren't even thinking about the fact that they're creating that kind of an environment, that they're creating that kind of an unhealthy environment. That should tell you again about the individual and what they actually think about the people around them. They don't even care. They don't even care that they're creating a hostile work environment, which I might add, usually goes against most codes of conduct and most contractual obligations of individuals. So the simple fact that they're not even thinking about that should tell people how far removed from reality they actually are. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Don't forget to check out AmericanEducationFM.com where you can make a small donation or even email us and be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, never stop learning, never stop reading, and never stop unlearning. Thanks for listening, and God bless.